We are coming to you live from an almost entirely empty sanctuary. And we couldn't wait to get here. We couldn't wait. Your KI team couldn't wait to be here to do this. Because we have felt sidelined for six months. Like so many of you, we feel helpless, sometimes hopeless. We have felt like things are out of our control and there's not much we can do. All of us are doing things differently now because all of us are living through an unprecedented amount of breakage. Everything feels like it's coming apart. We, the fact that we're here, the fact that for the most part we're able to hold our families with some amount of gentleness and courtesy, it's unbelievable how many of you are digging so deep to be able to meet the incredible crises. What it does to our nervous systems, what it does to our bodies, we're often fatigued and on edge, foggy, we feel a little unfocused and confused. These are all completely natural and normal responses to our ability to hold a surge of stress being exceeded. And it was exceeded a long time ago. This year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, they are the times where we stop and reflect. But a lot of us stopped doing a lot of things like we normally do six months ago. A lot stopped. For me, the challenge of this moment, like for all of you, is to make sense out of how do we respond to this incredible amount of anxiety, this incredible amount of fear, this incredible amount of tension and anger that we see and feel everywhere. We know that the world is a broken place. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Harat Olam, the day that we celebrate the pregnancy of the universe, the birthday of the world. Pregnancy, when it goes well, results in birth, the birth of something new. But it also includes breakage. It includes pain. Often, it includes agony. Certainly, it includes terror and fear, both for the woman giving birth for the infant, and throughout human history, it has been an incredibly terrifying moment, the moments between life, new life, and death. Many of my colleagues, when we were talking about, a lot of my colleagues have finished their sermons because they had completely pre-recorded services, which means we've been talking about our sermons uh, for three months, actively working on them and talking with each other and learning and studying for the last two months. As you know, I'm a Hartman Fellow right now doing their three-year program, and we had to attend all of our lessons, all of our classes, all of our shiurim, all of our lectures online this summer, but we still spent the month of July learning. And we had the great good fortune, many of us, to learn from Dr. Malila Helner Eshed, It's available on the Hartman website. If you want to contact me, I'm happy to give you a way to listen to her lecture. But she gave a lecture about crisis 
because that's what we're in. She knew that's what rabbis were going to be thinking and talking about. And she knew that rabbis needed to address communities in crisis, a world in crisis. So she gave this beautiful lecture on the word in Hebrew for crisis, which I have to say, none of us knew. (laughs) None of us were familiar with that word. But the word for crisis in Hebrew, and it's an old word, actually. It's not a new word created uh, when the Hebrew language was resurrected. The word is mashber. And it comes from the root, the shoresh, shin bet resh, from shavar, to break. And shiber, the PL form, the intensive form of that verb, to shatter. The word for crisis in Hebrew is mashber, a shattering a sense of everything flying apart, a sense that nothing will hold, the center won't hold. That word, that sense of just all of it coming undone is also the word, if you trace the word back through our tradition, it is also the word for birthing chair, the birthing stool that a woman would sit on to deliver traditionally. Mashber is both the chair she would sit on to deliver, and it was also described in the tradition as the moment just before the baby crowns, the moment of the most agony of delivery, the moment of danger, the moment where a woman is exhausted and feels like she absolutely cannot do this. I had a C-section, so I can't talk from personal experience, but uh, from hearing so many women and reading literature about the process of birthing, we know it's exhausting and we know how painful it is. But we don't have to talk just about actual birth to know the pain of bringing forth something new, something different, because we're experiencing that right now. We are in agony right now. Now, Yom Harat Olam, this is the day we own that and we get in touch with that. The Zohar has a midrash, a beautiful midrash that Malila taught us that says that there are two angels and their whole job is to collect the crying on the mashber, the crying of women on the birthing stool at the moment of mashber, at the moment they feel like they will be torn apart. And these angels carry the sounds of these women on the mashber. And so when the prosecutor comes before the Holy One, they rush and they bring these sounds before the Holy One and the prosecutor, sitra achra, the dark side, is forbidden entry. Meaning, says the Zohar, It is the cries of the women on the birthing stool that save the world every day. It saves the universe over and over again. The willingness of people to be in agony, to give everything they have, risking their lives, to bring something of promise, something new into the world. That is what sustains the universe. Rashi, quoting 
Isaiah 37.3, when he comments on Isaiah 37.3, he says, Ad mashber, what does ad mashber mean? To the point of mashber? Rashi says to a hardship that is likened to a woman sitting on the delivery chair that does not have the energy to give birth. She does, of course, but she doesn't feel like she can do it. She doesn't feel like she has the energy. The difficulty of this moment of mashber, it's agonizing. We are so many of us experiencing what Rashi talks about, the exhaustion, lilolade. We can't, we feel like we can't do it. How long are we supposed to do this? How long is this going to go on? What are the answers? What are the solutions? The guidance from the midwife is what's critical at the moment of mashber. What is the guidance from the midwife? One of my colleagues, Rabbi Chai Levi, wrote in her sermon, the guidance from the midwife at this exact moment when she was giving birth was you are brave. You can do this. You are brave. You can do this. Breathe and then push. We have to midwife one another through this. You are so brave. All of you are so brave. You're still showing up for each other. You're still coming to Torah study. You're still attending Friday night services. You're still participating in building a community of intention, a sacred community of hope and of a vision for what's possible. You are so brave. We are all being so brave. Tshuva means return. Repentance, that's what we do at this time, at this season. Tshuva, we return. But Rabbi Chai Levi, also responding to Dr. Helner Eshed's lecture, said, Tshuva means returning, but it doesn't mean returning to the old. One thing we've learned during this pandemic is that not all of the old was working so well. The human impact on our planet has been unsustainable. The structures of our country have been unjust for people of color. Much is uncertain about the future, but it's fairly certain that we're not going back to normal. We must consider new ways, new paths, new possibilities. She quotes the American Sikh social justice activist Valerie Kaur, who's talking about the current brokenness of our country. And Valerie Kaur said, what if the darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb. What if America is not a dead country, but a country that is waiting to be born? Mashper, Shavar, reminds us of Shivarim, the broken cries of the shofar. Our cries it's always met our cries. This year, let our cries ring out. It's okay. Nobody tells a woman on the mashber, be quiet. The neighbors might hear you. And from what I understand, midwives say that Jewish women scream louder than any other group. 
go ahead. It's all right. Cry. Scream. Do whatever you need to do to express the agony of this moment. The shofar has always meant our cries of regret, of not being who we want to be. This year, let us regret for sure. And we get to cry out about regrets we have that we had nothing to do with creating, but we do have responsibility for addressing them. We certainly created the environmental crisis. We certainly created an unjust society for people of color. We certainly created a huge disparity in this country between rich and poor that's growing. We certainly created that. We may not have created COVID-19, but we created a country where politics has become the only language and our political divide and our scorn for one another on the other side of that divide, we are responsible for that. We begin on Rosh Hashanah honestly confronting the mess that we're in and the pain of this moment. We will need to gather all the energy of compassion and tenderness for ourselves. We are gonna have to find ways to forgive ourselves and to forgive each other because what we need to do is return. Tshuva is about shuv, return. We have to find a way to return to one another. We have to find a way to return to common shared American values for us, shared American Jewish values. We can disagree about policy and how to address those values. We have got to find a way back to one another, to the best that we can be. It's hard. And so I will close with the words of my colleague, Rabbi Jonathan Kligler, in writing to all of us, he said, I think I need to set the bar a little lower for myself this year. I find these days that mostly I'm just getting by. After nearly six months of coronavirus shutdown, every public excursion, a gauntlet of distancing, my composure is frayed at the edges. As we see hatred and intolerance, as our democracy teeters, I am angry and profoundly on edge. As this overheated summer begins to wane, I feel wrung out. And as global warming's effects become terrifyingly evident, I fight off despair. So I will do my very best to live up to the noble and demanding call of this season. But in my current condition, I'm also setting a more modest goal to not behave in ways that make things worse. Therefore, I will practice mitzvah number one, to treat everyone the way I would hope to be treated. I will apologize when I fall short. I will remember to breathe and calm myself. I will find good ways to laugh. I will take some walks and let nature console me. I will take care of my body. I will look around and enjoy watching the season change. I will do my best to be kind to myself and to others. I will be brave and I will not give in to despair. And as Rabbi Levy said so beautifully, 
we need to listen to the midwife whispering in our ears, you are brave. Breathe and push because we either give birth or we give up. Shana Tova.